With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To conditions, Fire Talk Radio. On tonight's show, we felt specifically prompted by the Holy Ghost to do a special show about hungering and thirsting after God. It's all about relationship. It's all about being filled with this person that the Bible says that Jesus sent called the Holy Spirit and be filled with him. Amen. So we're going to talk about that, being hungry and thirsty, after, hungry and thirsting after God. If you've ever dis- felt that uh, due to experience that a uh, life of holiness and intimacy with God was ever unattainable, then listen on because this show is going to help you. We're going to give scriptural keys about how to draw near to God, as James chapter 4, verse 8 says, and then he will draw near to us. Deborah, what do you have to say about that? Well, I think it's very important, you know, when, when people first get saved, when people first get saved, they, they're on fire and they seek after the Lord just like they would pursuing after a girlfriend or a boyfriend. But the thing is, as, as the cares of the world, um, start to come up, uh, they start to, to draw away and it's from the enemy's traps. In Mark 4.19, it reads, And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for things, other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So, actually, you know, the, um, the, desire, the desire for other things could be simply things like uh, reading, uh, like, reading things like magazines or reading things that um like watching TV or movies or playing video games it could be just not really it could be, and all these things slowly but surely drag that person away and uh from from their intimate relationship with the holy spirit so um, I think that it's important to to be careful of that because a person could be really red hot on fire once they give their their heart to the Lord, but then then as all these these distractions come up, then that that happens. And you know, people didn't always start off start off that way, but that's that's the way it is, and they end up falling away from their first love. Like it says in Revelations 2.4, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important that we stay in, uh, in, an, in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that we pursue him with the pursuit that he pursued us. Because it's, it's just important, Adam. Amen. And, you know, it's... As I, I scrolled before, it's James chapter 4, verse 8. It's, you know, draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. It's like, basically, you know, when we when we get to a place in our walk with God where we feel like, um, you know, we kind of have it together, we know how to work the thing, we really stop working really at our relationship with God. You know, marriages have to be worked at. You know, husbands and wives, they they fall out of love, if you will, because they stop, they stop working out of falling in love. 
You know, they, they might even do all the things that married people do, you know, but eventually it just becomes rituals. And it's the same thing that happens in our walk with God. And that uh, scripture in Revelations uh, that Deborah quoted, the church, if you read that, it's, uh, Jesus commends them for all the good things that they were doing in that, in that chapter, but then tells them that they to go back and do the first works. It's like, and if you read that and you don't understand this, you're like, my gosh, what does Jesus expect? But the, and the answer is, is that they, they were doing all the things, but their relationship with God was no longer what it was supposed to be. And we can, we, that's, that's where if we find ourselves getting to that place, we've got to find out, okay, what can we do to uh, change that? You know, um, very much, you know, as Deborah was quoting, the Bible, uh, another verse that talks about uh, what happens to our, the condition of our hearts, uh, she, quoted a, she quoted a verse that was talking about the cares of this world. Um, it's like when we, when we fall in love, when we get too busy with ministry even, we get too busy with our jobs, we get too busy with things. Those cares, if we don't make God keep God first place, can choke those things out. You know, um, now that's, you know, I remember once I had, you know, asked the Lord, uh, I'd actually told the Lord I didn't have time to seek him, and God actually told me, I'm not coming for those that wish they had time to seek me. I'm coming for those that are seeking me. Because let's face it, um, we all make time for the things that we're really, really passionate about. You know, there was a great man of God that I know of named Francis Frangipane who said, you know, he let ministry, he got so caught up in ministry and his walk with God began to fall apart. And uh, someone actually came to him with a message from the Lord. And the message was simply, tell Francis that I miss him. And, um, and so Francis had to stand in front of his congregation and tell his congregation, look, I'm not doing any counseling. I'm not doing anything from such time to such time. Why? Because I need to spend time with Christ. And thankfully, his, uh, his congregation applauded him for that. And we have to be the same way. We have to decide, okay, Time with God is my number one priority. Everything flows out of the intimate walk in the prayer closet. We don't just hear God in the prayer closet, but if we don't have time in the prayer closet, then we won't, we won't have much of a walk with God outside of it. Just like if a husband and wife didn't have time alone together, then their, time, then their relationship together in the outside would seem noticeably dis, distant. You know, um, so the Bible says that if anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then come with the wicked one and cast it away with that one that's sown his heart. This is the seed received by the wayside. That is Matthew 13, 19. The Bible says, well, now why would the guy not understand it? Well, the answer is, is that the Bible says those that fear him have great understanding, Psalms 111.10. So basically, just over time and neglect, his heart had gotten hard. He had lost his reverence and uh, fear of the Lord. The relationship had dwindled, and as a result, his heart got hard. And when the seed was thrown on the ground, the evil one could come and, and steal it away. And that's, what, that's oftentimes what happens in people in church. You know, people in church say, well, I'm not getting fed, and they blame the pastor. Well, really, maybe it's not your pastor. Maybe it could be your own heart that is, can't really receive the word anymore. And, uh, you know, I know in my own walk, uh, I, I've gone through a season where um, I begin and I knew a lot of things. Um, and God gave me a verse one day, and the verse was, I don't have that the scripture right in front of me, but it just came to me that the verse says, uh, if any man thinks he knows anything, he doesn't know like he ought to know. And I had to come to a place where I thought I knew a lot, and I came to church like two days later, and one of the pastors came up to me and, you know, to pray for me, and they said by the Spirit of God, you know, you need to forget about everything you know and just go after Jesus like you just got born again. So in essence, God was saying to me, you know, I want you to come back to your first love. You may know a lot of things about me, but you don't know me anymore. You know, um, my own pastor, you know, he says we have to have uh, minds like scholars and hearts like children. So we need to be very firm in our doctrine. We need to be very solid in our doctrine. We can't be, you know, biblically illiterate. But yet, even with that knowledge, we have to have hearts like children 
that just that is still hunger and thirst for God. Knowledge of Scripture and theology is not a replacement for just that intimate relationship with Him. So now the question is, when you, when we realize that we need to draw near, what are some practical ways that we can begin to draw near? Well, Jeremiah, first let me say that in, when that Scripture, James, uh, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you, it is not a casual, leisurely, hope-to-find it kind of seeking. It is a desperate, hungry, I'll-do-anything-to-find-it-kind-of-seeking. We have to become like a man in a desert looking for water. You know, a man in the desert, if he was, in, if he was looking for water, someone could bring him. You know, he's going to die if he doesn't get water. Someone could bring him a million dollars. He would push the million dollars aside and just keep crying out for water. And that's how we have to be with God. You know, uh, we, we need to put the movies aside, the Internet aside, the, you know, the video games aside, all these things, and just say, you know, God, I'm going to desperately pursue you. Um, and that's really, really key. Uh, and this is this is the way we prepare our hearts. Uh, now, I asked God one day if He died for us and wants to be wants us to be close to us, and has made us righteous. Then why is there this intense seeking process sometimes to go to a new place in His presence? And the answer is is that no flesh shall glory in His presence. The purpose of this intimate seeking process of getting apart, putting into that side of distractions, is to crucify your flesh because your flesh dies in the prayer closet. It's when you push those things aside and desire, die to your own desires and say, God, I'm going to pursue with all my heart that you begin to break up and soften the ground of your heart and, and, uh, and develop that hunger and uh, hunger for him. Deborah? Right. I, I think that uh, it's, like, it, it's like when when we, when we get saved, you know, it's like I think sometimes sometimes people – like I was talking about with the cares of the world and things that, that draw them away from the Holy Spirit, from their relationship with him, it, it can be like spiritual junk food. Too many video games or movies or TV or just just things like that. And, and uh, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And... You know, because he is the bread of life, and John four, and and four thirty four it reads, Jesus said to them, "My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work." So I think it's important, like you said, to put those things aside um, and to seek him, like just be as. I remember somebody hearing one of the pastors say. Um, I forget who it was that this, this, this who experienced this and who, who the who the man of God was, but this one person came up to him and says, "I I I really want I I just I want to be close to the Lord." And I don't know if he was baptizing him that day or if they're in the pool or what, but he 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 stuck his head under water like until he couldn't breathe, and he yanked his his. Uh, uh, finally, you know, uh, the, he brought the guy out from under the, under his head under the water, and he says, "As as desperate as you are for that next breath right now, you need to be that desperate for a relationship with God and seeking Him. You need to be as desperate as you are for that next breath because that next breath is going to keep you alive, and a relationship with Jesus is what's going to keep you alive as well." spiritually so that you don't fall away and that you you don't lose your salvation or that it doesn't take a really long time to get that relationship back you know, you know and uh thankfully you know 
it's not like, you know, you lose your hunger and now instantly you've lost your salvation. That's obviously a process. God doesn't just come and do that, but he did warn the church in the Revelation scripture that we first quoted that they had fallen from their first love and they, they needed to get back. God in his mercy, when we fall, he starts to draw us. Now, now, so when we realize that we're not as hungry as we used to be and we need to come back into a deeper relationship, how do we get to that place? How does it go from being theory to fact in our lives? Well, Proverbs 27, 7 says, the full soul hates the honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. What does this mean? It means that if we're full of other things, then when God brings his word by, then we're not going to be all that interested in it. Or even, we might even despise it. We might, we might even be like, Ugh, whatever. Now, most Christians aren't in this place. Most Christians are completely full of the world or completely full of God. They're a mix. As a result, they, they have more of a pick-and-choose mentality as to what they want to eat on God's buffet table. Therefore, God holds back until we empty ourselves of those things and are famished for him. Then we'll hunger for everything on the buffet table. I remember a very sad example of some Christians I was speaking to about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues, which is, that's a whole other topic. But what grieved me is one of the people said, it's not that they didn't believe in it. It's that he says, what if I don't want that? What if I just want this? What if I just want salvation? And that's a very dangerous place to be where you're like, I want this part of God, but I don't want that part of God. It means you're really probably not going to get any of God because God doesn't come to those that are halfway kind of seeking him. Like he said, like he told, like I said, he told me earlier, he comes for, he's coming for those that are seeking him, not those that wish they had time to seek him. And, you know, and when you're, and if you, and almost says to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must become like children. Children, they distrust their parents. Trust, children want anything that their parents have for them. We have to be the same as God. We can't have a pick and choose mindset and say, well, I, my interpretation of the Bible is this. No, it'd be like, God, please give me your interpretation of the Bible. The fear of the Lord is not leaning to your own understanding. The Bible says there is a way that's right unto the man, but that way is death. If you, when we feel like we can come and pick and choose from God's will what we want, we're no longer hungry for him. We, we just, you know, we want to have God in our little box, make him fit into our convenient everyday lives, and then go, go to heaven one day. And I'm sorry to say, it's not going to work that way. Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 7, he says that the road to heaven is narrow. So that means that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be very, very shocked on Judgment Day. That he's going to, and what, what does he say? He says, depart from me, I never knew you. That means they were no longer, they weren't in relationship with him. They knew about God. It's almost like this. It's like um, many Christians or many uh, professing Christians are almost like fans of God. Let's say a very famous person. Let's say Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe Bryant was walking down the street. And uh, let's say there's a really big fan of Kobe Bryant. They know everything about Kobe, and they ran up to Kobe Bryant, and they're like, Kobe, Kobe, and then they, Kobe might be nice. He might sign an autograph, but then they're like, and then let's say that person was like, Kobe, what are we going to do tonight? Kobe eventually would be like, I'm sorry, I don't know you. And that person would probably be shocked because that person had been deceived into thinking that they actually knew Kobe Bryant because they knew so much about him. But really, that they were friends of Kobe, but they weren't, they were fans of Kobe, but they weren't friends of Kobe. The people that are going to go to heaven are those that are going to spend all of eternity with him are people that know him, not people that are just fans of him. You know, uh, we can gain a, gain a great understanding of God's desire in the type and symbols throughout the Old Testament. Israel, you know, if we look in the book of Exodus, but before I go into that, Deborah, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I was thinking about when you're talking about that, that person, uh, he might sign some autographs, but, you know, and then after a while he'd be like, but I don't know you, you know, you're wanting to spend time with me. I don't mind being gracious and, you know, doing like the regular things that that famous people do, but I um, 
I I don't actually I don't actually know you. So um so it, it it made me think of in the book of Job when he said um my my ears have heard of you but now I know I you know I but now I, I I'm not quoting verbatim but in the book of Job it says I've heard of you but now I know you and um so it's very very important to to have that have that relationship and to to do that because you know it's 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 just it's important to seek after the Lord with, with all our hearts, because, because if we don't, it's like you said, when we get when we get to we stand before Him, it's going to be you know, depart from me, you, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. I never had an intimate relationship with you. I never knew you means I never actually knew you. And some people have just been, I don't know. It's just it's sad because they may. They may actually fully love God. I know some people love God, but they just don't seek Him for whatever reason. They may be too busy. And they may be too busy serving Him. You know, they may be too busy serving Him or, or doing a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, um, work. And, and, uh, so they may be so, actually so busy serving Him that, that they don't, they they may be so busy serving the server, but that they, they don't seek the 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 one they're serving, and that they're too busy, and so it's very important, very very important to seek, to seek him and to, to uh, to seek the Lord while he may be found, and to call on him while he is near. That's Isaiah fifty-five, <laughs> and uh, and I'm sorry, I'm getting hit with the joy. I'm sorry, Adam. I'm not sorry, but I am okay. not. <laughs> okay, that's the that's the joy of the Lord just coming in here, and uh, but that's Isaiah fifty-five six, and uh, so what it's saying is that if we seek the Lord while He may be found, that means there is coming a time when He won't be able to be found, and right now it's like. You know, it's like and we're coming near that time. We're coming near that time when the ark door will be closed, and we can't take the Lord for granted. We can't treat it like um, it's always going to be there. You know, there's going to come a day when, you know, the Bible says that we must work while it's day because night is coming. When we're work, that day is coming. And so we must, we, and we're running, we're really running out of time. Like my pastor says, you know, God's going to give us one more hour of daylight because there's one more hour of daylight because there's not a day left. We're, we're really, really running out of time. You know, in the 90s, God gave me a, a word, and that word was to sanctify ourselves for tomorrow. He would do amazing things among us. And what God was saying to me in that time was to get ready now, to pursue me now, to get your heart right now, to develop that relationship now, because because in preparation for this end time revival, this last this last end time harvest is coming, and and those that are going to reap this last end time harvest are going to be people that have that are in relationship that it's going to come out of relationship with Him, not out of um uh not not out of just doing works you know it, and that's so key because it's going to be those that are walking in the glory of the lord um another translation says uh to seek the lord while he makes himself available call to him while he is nearby you know um and going to i had mentioned some scriptures in the book of exodus i want to go with that first i want to say uh cuz i'm going to go into some things about moses and israel that when moses first had his encounter with god with the burning bush 
I'm not going to go to that scripture, but it says when Moses, actually Moses actually saw the burning bush from far away, and he says, and he said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. And many times it's like that with our walk with God. We'll begin, we'll, on the inside of us, we'll, we'll feel a desire to be close to God. We'll hear messages about being close to God like this one. But it's not until we actually turn aside from our busyness, turn aside, make, do whatever we have to do to turn aside, that we have that encounter with God in the burning bush. You know, um, Moses was tending sheep. He could have said to himself, my gosh, if I go look at this, this bush now, I'm going to have uh, all the sheep are going to get scattered. It's coming hours to clear this up. Let me go ahead and take care of the sheep, and then I'll go to the burning bush. By that time, God may have just might, God may have left the burning bush. You know, timing is so crucial. We can't. God's not just there at our beck and wind. We have to be there at His beck and wind. He is the Lord. Now, 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 think about Moses. And out of that relationship is where Moses went to Pharaoh and became the deliverer of Israel. I promise you, if Moses hadn't had a relationship with God, if he had not encountered God at the burning bush, he wouldn't have. In fact, if you read, actually, 40 years earlier, before that experience. He tried to deliver them just out of the call, out of knowing that he was supposed to. And it says, you know, and the Israel didn't receive him. They said, you know, are you going to kill us like we did, like you did that Egyptian the other day? And he went running for the hills. And God actually took Moses to the backside of a desert, to a solitary place for a time, to quiet his heart. And uh, and then it was in that time that he finally he saw burning bush, and then he made the choice to decide encounter God in the burning bush and was changed forever. And so in the, in the same way, we have to get apart into the wilderness, into that secret place, and and draw near to Him. Now in the book of Exodus, Israel represents the church, Egypt represents the world, and God delivers Israel out of Egypt. Why did God deliver Israel out of Egypt? Many would say it was to bring them into the promised land, but this is incorrect. Moses never told Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me in the promised land. But he did say, let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness, Exodus 9.1. The problem is all Israel really wanted was the promised land. They came out of Egypt like many Christians have come out of the world, but they've never really gotten Egypt out of them. In fact, many times when things don't go their way, they would say it was better for us back in Egypt. That's Numbers 14.3 and numerous other scriptures. So there's many Christians that they want the things of this world, and then they want the blessings too. They're wondering why, where's their ministry? Where's their promised land? Where's their prosperity? Where's the promises? But they're not really hungry for the promiser. And as a result, they're never going, they're never going to get either. And that's the scary thing. Now, Israel, then, because we see that with Israel, they would rejoice in the miracles. In fact, if you turn to Exodus 15, 20, uh, Miriam and all the women got out the tambourines and had a praise party when God swallowed the Egyptians in the Red Sea. So God did something supernatural for them. But for some reason, when God, when he brought his glory down on Mount Sinai, they ran away in terror and told Moses to, God, to talk to God for them. That's Exodus 20:19. Why the difference in reaction? The answer is there's a difference, get this, there's a difference between God's power and God's glory. God's power is his ability to do miraculous things, which you can walk in this power and not know him, Judas did. God's glory, on the other hand, is everything that makes God God manifests in our midst, the predominant characteristic of which is his holiness. Anytime in scripture where you see someone beholding God in his glory, example of Isaiah, John the Apostle, their response was not, wow, Jesus, cool. It was an instant awareness of the fear of the Lord. Because John fell down like a dead man. Isaiah cried out, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. The angels that have been around the throne for eons and eons, holy, holy, singing a song like we do in church and people yawn. They're crying out in reaction to what they see, and all they can do is cry out holy. They could say, love, 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 or bright, 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 as these are also characteristics of God, but their first reaction is holiness. And this is why Israel ran away. The sin in their hearts could hide in the presence of power, but not in the presence of his glory. A New Testament example, again, is Judas. He walked in power. He cast out devils, even though he was stealing from the money bag. 
Luke 19, 9, 1 through 2. However, when the glory was present, Ananias and Tyre dropped dead just for lying. Acts 5, 1 through 11. Blatant sin can never be tolerated in his glory, and that's what's coming. The result was always death to the sin and the bearer of it. Before God's glory came down on the mountain, Moses exhorted them to cleanse their garments, for in two days he was going to reveal himself on the mountain. Now, you know, I asked God one day, you know, is that like, God, okay, if you've made us righteous, then how come I have to come to this place of intense obedience and, you know, the fear of the Lord and trembling at your word before I can be as close to you as I want to be? God's answer to me shook me. He said, and God's answer to me was simply that if I allow you to know me like that and show you the deep secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but you're not in that place and you flippantly disobey me after I've revealed those things to you, because of what you've been given, because, because you know, the Bible says to him who has been given much is required, I will have to bring a greater judgment on your life because of what you've been entrusted with. So what God showed me was that he withholds out of not, be, not out of rejection, but out of protection until we're at that place. And it's this seeking process that we're talking about today that helps us bring to that place where God purifies our hearts. Joel 2, 12 and 13 says, Keep coming to me with fasting, with weeping, and mourning, and repentance until all fellowship has been restored and all hindrances removed. That's me paraphrasing. That's the Amplify. It's that, that, it's, that, it's that process that brings us to that place that removes the hindrances from our lives. And... Um, Okay, and in and in that, in, now I'm going to go back to Exodus now. Um, so God tells it tells Israel to cleanse their garments. For in two days He's going to come down the mountain again. That Exodus 19:10. They, however, did not take this seriously. The New Testament says, "Cleanse yourself from the filthiness of the garment of flesh." Remember, everything in the Old Testament is a type and symbol for us. When the Bible says, "Separate yourself," then I'll receive you. He's referring us to be able to walk in His glory, and that was what He was saying to Israel. He's saying, "Get Egypt." He was, it hit them cleansing their garments was them separating themselves from Egypt. So what does that mean for us when he says in two days we can see a parallel? I'm going to go into that, but first, Deborah, do you have anything to say? I was thinking about when you were talking about um, the difference between power of God and the glory of God and how when Moses came down from the mountain, uh, he shone, his face shone uh, brighter than the the noonday sun so much so that the the people his his people told him to put a you know pretty much a veil on his face because they were so convicted and the glory of God was so strong on him that they didn't know what to do and a, a lot of people you know you can see the glory of God on but there is that was a good point about the difference between the power of God and the glory of God because it's just I don't know that 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 really stood out to me about that, and you know also when you're talking about uh staying in the secret place and uh you know the only place that we can you know we we need to find the Lord, we need to seek the Lord, and we need to pray or or worship and praise and develop our own intimate relationship i I remember my pastor, our pastor Rodney Howard Brown, talking a lot about in his early years about how he would um, try to seek the Lord, and he'd hear about how other people sought the Lord and how um, one of the people used to get up early in the morning at like 4 o'clock and pray for hours and dance around his bed. And and he said uh, that his hours, his days were so long that he'd go to bed so late, but then that didn't work waking up at 4, and he'd end up falling asleep after 15 minutes or so and feeling really bad and then he'd hear somebody else did it by fasting for a week, and he tried that. But then finally, the Holy Spirit just told him, 
Well, he said, he said, I don't get it, you know. I mean, why am I not having the relationship with you? And the Holy Spirit told him those were their relationship with me. So basically we have to develop our own intimacy, our own routine, our own relationship with the Holy Spirit in the in the uh in our own way and it says in Psalm ninety one, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high, that's in his presence, his wonderful, wonderful presence, his manifest presence, his glory. Shall abide that's not in the Bible, it's me just talking, but it says shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And uh, I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him will I trust. Now, before I go any further into the, the subject of the, the third day, which I'm about to go into, and the timing of the Lord's return and the season that we're now entering into where the, we, we really don't have any time, any, any time left, um, I'm going to first make a very clear caution that when we're, if you're going to begin to take this quest and begin to seek the Lord diligently, that you have to come with a certain hard attitude. And that hard attitude is an attitude of saying, I don't care how God reveals himself to me. I don't care what he tells me to do, that I'm going to do it. There's a scripture in Ezekiel, chapter 4, 14, verse 4. It says, Therefore speak to them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord Jehovah, Every man of the house of Israel takes his idols into his heart and puts the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face. And come to the prophet, I, Jehovah, will answer them according to the multitude of his idols. What does that mean? Well, it means that if we come to the Lord and we seek his direction or we seek him, we have a pre. We we have, we're basically seeking, but we want God to tell us what we want to hear. We want God to reveal Himself in a way that's appeasing to our flesh. If we come with that mindset and with that attitude, God will actually allow us possibly to hear what we want to hear, and it's, it's deception. You know, in this, there's a there's a scripture in the Bible. Uh, there's an example of that, and it's the story of Balaam. And I'm going to look that up real quick. I want everyone to turn to the book of Exodus. I'm going to take you to the story of Balaam. And there's a, this is very important, crucial to our walk with God. I'm, I'm glad this came to me because if we, because this is actually something in the church many people in the church don't understand. And bear with me while I find that scripture. And so basically what Balaam, if, for those that don't know the, who he is, he's a prophet of God. And so I want to emphasize that. He's a prophet. Many, uh, many, many in the church have, uh, have uh, idolized the office of prophets, and we have a lot of so-called prophets. Well, Balaam was a prophet, but he, but and Balaam flowed in power. Balaam flowed so much so that this king uh, actually came to him and made a request of him. And we're going to talk about real, real fast what happened with that request and why his response was so dangerous. This is. Um, This is going to be to the, and I'm sorry, it's not the book of Exodus, it's the book of Numbers, chapter 22. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, Balaam basically, the king comes to Balaam, and it says this in chapter, in verse 1, it says, The children of Israel journeyed and encamped in the plains of Moab beyond Jordan at Jericho. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, Now, will this multitude lick up all that is around about us as the ox licks up the grass of the field? And Balak the son of Zippor was king of Moab at that time. And he sent messengers to this prophet of God named Balaam, the son of Beor, which was the, to Pithor, which was by the river, to the land of the children of the, of the people to call to him, saying, Behold, there's a people come out of Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they bite over against me. 
Come over now, I pray thee, and curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Peradventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that whom thou blessest is blessed, and whom thou cursest is cursed. So this king, this, this prophet is so well known, even to the foreign nations, that they have a request for him to curse these people. And they, and the elders of Moab, and, and verse 7, the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They came to Balak and spoke unto him the words of Balak. And, he, and, he, and then Balaam said to them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as Jehovah shall speak to me. And the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. Now, first let me say this. There's certain things we don't have to pray about. Let me make that really, really clear. Um, you know, if, God, if some guy comes to you and says, hey, can you come curse God's chosen people for me? You really shouldn't have to pray about that. It's almost like asking God, hey, can I go run this crack deal? What do you think God's going to say? No. Okay, you really have to pray about that? No. So right now we see, we're starting to get an idea of where Balaam's heart really is. Even though Balaam has power, but his heart's wrong. Why? Because he actually goes and prays about cursing God's people. So God, but God's merciful. And in verse 9, God comes to Balaam and says, what are these men with you? And Balaam said, well, God, Balak, the son of Zippor, has sent unto me, saying, behold. And, and Balak, we go through verse 11, God, and Balaam tells him about the people. And uh, God says unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. Is that clear? Yes. God gives him a very clear directive. Balak rises in the morning and says to the prince of Balak, Get you into your land, for Jehovah re refuses to give me leave to go with you. And I want to emphasize that part. He refuses to give me leave. Why, did, why is Balaam saying that? I want you to think of a young child who wants to go out and play with his friends, but mom looks at him and says, John, did you clean your room? No. Did you do your homework? No. Well, then you can't go play with your friends. So John comes to the door, looks at his friends, and says, I can't go. My mom says I can't go. Did he obey his mom? Yes. But his desire to go with his friends, but his mom's word was a restriction to him. Balaam really wants to go with the people. Why? Because Balaam has a thing called love of money. But God, but he says, my God, basically he's saying, my, I want to go, but my God's not going to let me. So they go away. Now, unfortunately, I wish it could, the story could end, say I, the story ended well here. But before I go into the rest of the story, Deborah, do you have anything, anything you want to add to what I've asked so far? Well, I think it is important to have a, a heart right, um, our heart attitude right. And I think also, if, if people are dealing with issues, uh, look, of course, we all have issues. We'll have issues until the day we go home. But... Until the day we die, basically. But I think with um, getting our heart right, some of that will also be done during your time of seeking the Lord in His presence, uh, in the secret place, and because in His presence is fullness of joy, mm -hmm. and I, at His right hand are you know pleasures evermore. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, um, not only that, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. And so destroys means it can't be put back together. It, it, the anointing doesn't break the yoke of bondage. It destroys it. Um, having something broken means you can fix it again. If it's destroyed, it's beyond repair. So that stronghold, that anointing, that addiction, that, that past hurt, that unforgiveness, whatever it is, will be destroyed utterly in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so it is important to have a heart right. And, you know, like I said, in some of that will be done in his presence. But also another thing is I just feel led to invite the people to invite y'all that if, if 
you don't have a right relationship with with Jesus right now or you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, to just repeat this after me, this prayer, to say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you and to seek you more. Amen. And if you pray that prayer uh, for the first time you're rededicating your life, then listen on because we're going to be keep talking about a deeper relationship with God. Um, I want to encourage those that are praying that for the first time to begin to get in the book of uh, John, begin to read through the book of John, find yourself a solid Bible-believing church, and begin to listen to broadcasts like this one and do this and begin to draw near. Uh, we're going to talk about some practical aspects of drawing near uh, here after we get through this section. Uh, we'll continue on with the story of Balaam. Uh, now, uh, what we've gone on so far is that Balaam has told the king, these princes, uh, I can't go with you, but he's not happy about it. But unfortunately, the story does not end here. So now what happens? The princes of Moab rose up. They went unto Balak, their king, and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. So Balak sends more princes and more honorable than they, meaning what? They got more money. And they came to Balaam and, Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, verse 16, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder from me from coming unto thee. I will promote you into a very great honor, and whatever you say unto me, I will do. Therefore come and pray and curse, the, curse me, this people. That, I can't really comprehend that. This king is saying, if you will do this one thing, I'll do anything for you, anything you ask. You could say, I give me, you could say, put me in second command over your kingdom. You would have done it. So Balaam answers and says unto him, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot, he didn't say I will, not. he says, I cannot go beyond the word of Jehovah my God to do less or more. Therefore, I pray you, you know, here, here's where the deception starts coming, tarry ye here this night that I may know what else Jehovah will speak to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said, if the men are coming to call to thee, rise up and go with them, but only the word that I speak to thee shall thou do. And then verse 21, Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab, and God's anger was kindled because he went. The angel of Jehovah placed himself in the way as an adversary against him, and he was riding upon his donkey and his two servants with him. So, okay, hold on. So if you don't understand what's happening, it almost seems like God's schizophrenic. God tells him not to go. Then God tells him to go. Then God gets mad at him for going. Is God schizophrenic? Absolutely not. I'm glad we don't have to preach on that tonight. But, uh, but what, what's happening? This is what a lot of Christians don't understand, that if you seek God with an idol in your heart, with a desire in your heart, you're not willing to let go of and you're going to seek his direction on that, but you're really just saying, God, I want you to tell me what I plan on doing anyway. That's really your attitude. God will actually allow you to hear what you want to hear. You know, uh, there's people in churches, you know, they got a certain one they want to marry, but the pastors might come to them, hey, we really feel by the Spirit of God this isn't really the one for you. I mean, and, uh, this isn't God, and this is a distraction. Well, and the guy will like, oh, I, I prayed about it, and I have peace. Yeah, yeah, you prayed about it until God just finally gave you your way because you were going to do it anyway. And that, and that's where, and that's really the ultimate deception to think that you're following God, but really you're following your desires, and God is really just giving you over to it. So I want to make, I just add that important caution that if we're going to seek after the Lord, that we have to do so with a pure heart that says, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. 
Now, uh, now we've established that important point and uh, that important, it was a detour, but a very important detour. Uh, I want to talk about this subject called the second day. And this is what, this is what the timing that we're in is so crucial that we must prepare ourselves right now, this coming glory that's coming to the church that I'm about to go into. Uh, before I go into that, Deborah, do you have anything to say? Yes, I was thinking about, well, um, that's, uh, that's actually, uh, <laughs> That's actually pretty uh, scary, but I'm glad you gave that caution. That's scary that that uh, that that can happen, what you just spoke of. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think of of actually being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being sensitive to to what He wants from us and what He wants us to do. And we can only find that sensitive, you know, being sensitive and only find that by spending time in his presence because it's like if you get to, if you you know if you see something at church that you like that maybe you know make could make just be a friend of um that you want to get to know better well you can't get to know that person overnight and all of a sudden know everything about their life and what they like and what they don't like or what issues they may have or not have it comes from spending time with them it comes from uh, finding out their favorite colors, you know, what they like to eat, what they like to hang out, what kind of movies they like. Well, like I said, you can't find that overnight. I mean, one of the best friends I have back in Texas, her name's Yolanda, and we, we got to know each other over a period of years, and now we're just, we can read each other's thoughts and finish each other's sentences. And we've been through a lot together, and we're just, you know, but, but that didn't come overnight. It took time and developing that relationship time in her presence, her and my presence, and becoming really best of friends like we're sisters. So the same respect, the same aspect uh, with God, uh, spending time in his presence, getting to know him, getting to know what he likes and what he doesn't like, what he's for and what he's not for, and you'll find those things in the Bible. You'll find out what he does like in the Bible. You'll find out what he doesn't like in the Bible. You'll find out what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. You'll find out the things that will send, you know, that will, will prevent you from heaven and the things that won't prevent you. You'll find everything, and I've, I've heard it said a lot, basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible, acrostic, basic instructions before leaving earth. So we'll find everything we need to know, our our manual, our roadmap, that will actually, a roadmap that if we stay on it and stick to it and, and, and live it, and, um, and, and, and then it will actually, that roadmap will actually lead us on our life all the way to, to glory and, and into his presence to the, to the streets of gold. But we have to, actually be doers of the word and not hearers only. And we have to be sold out and committed. And, hey, look, it it doesn't, it's like I said, it's not an overnight thing, but at least trying. I mean, it didn't take a person overnight to get addicted to cigarettes or video games or watching TV or movies. A person didn't always always watch movies for six hours a day and just neglect everything else, or they didn't get hooked on soap operas overnight. They may have said, oh, this is all right, but then they came back, they thought, oh, well, it won't hurt me, but then they got, you know, all into that. Whatever it is, a person didn't get all into junk food. I mean, spiritual junk food is just like 
eating spiritual food in the natural, that junk food. I mean, natural junk food. We're eating chocolate or you just the stuff that's not your 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 actual good appetite is taken away. It takes away your good appetite. So you're not getting the nutrients that you need. And you know you can get you can get poor poor nutrition and be malnourished by that naturally. Well, you could be malnourished in the spiritually. You can be spiritually malnourished because you're not feeding yourself the the things that that you need to feed yourself spiritually. And so you can and and it's important to get the spiritual nutrients that we need. And, you know, we can say, oh, I went to an eight-day conference, two meetings a day, and it was extended, and I, I've, I'm, I'm all sold up, and I'm, I'm really, really, really full. I'm really, really, really full, and I, I just, uh, I'm really, really full, and, and I, I just, you know, so I, 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 since I'm full, you know, I don't, I don't need to eat. I'm not, I'm not hungry for what's important for me. So, you know, it's important to do the same thing spiritually. The importance of, of, of doing it spiritually is the same thing. Is not, is not filling ourselves up with junk spiritually. Basically, by by watching soap operas or playing video games or staying on Facebook for a really long amount of time, um, just whatever the distraction may be, so that we're feeding our spirit man daily. Uh, and and you know, like I said, it doesn't take it didn't take us overnight to get to the place where we're at. Of or it didn't take people overnight to get to the place that they're at. Of of um, of getting uh, the the bad spiritual you know the spiritual junk food for hours and hours. So so the thing is that, that basically sometimes it might it might be where like you have to do you have to you know fast those things and and seek the face of God even if you just fast for one day or an hour and it may be hard at first because you you find there's a bit of a stronghold there. And there's a bit of it, you know, it's, it's your flesh that's wanting to do that or it's just whatever the case may be. It's the spiritual drunk food that you're wanting to do because you're just used to it and it's habit or it may become an addiction. And so just fasting it for even a day and, and however long, of course, being led by the Holy Spirit, as all things must be led of by the Holy Spirit, until even if we just do things, you know, 15 minutes at a time, reading the Bible, 15 minutes, praying 15 minutes, and whatever the case may be, then, then you know, whatever that case may be. But I just, I thought of those things. And on a side note here, of course, we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and do it under his promptings. But to let you know what the phone number is here, it's 646-668-2093. That's 646-668. 2093. Feel free to call anytime. We may not take your calls right away, but we will definitely, definitely open up those prayer lines. We'd love to have you join us and, and give you, you know, give us your, your, your promptings and your, your, on this. And, um, so we'd love to have that. So Adam. Okay. Um, we're getting, starting to get low on time. So I want to start going through some, uh, 
some verses I want to get to. And um, and uh, so as, as there was pointed out, we are getting lower, lower on time. Uh, and uh, so what I was going to go into was is now I do, I do want to say this that Deborah pointed out that the Bible is the roadmap, um, and that's so important. You know, it's like there's a lot of doctrine going on. I want to say that in, in in this journey of drawing close to God is that it all really goes back to the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. You know, um, when we the Bible says in the, the beginning of what, of knowing God intimately. So without the fear of the Lord, we can't begin to know God. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord says, God, what, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. When we lack the fear of the Lord, like I said, we begin to feel like we can pick and choose what we want from God. We feel like we can fit God into our box where we're the Lord and he's not anymore and he fits our box. That's what happens when we lack the fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Adam and Eve lost their fear of God. They didn't endure forever. Lucifer lost his fear of God. They didn't endure forever. There's people in the millennium that even after seeing Jesus for a thousand years, the devil's going to come to deceive the nations once more. What's going to happen? They have lost their fear of God, and they'll be deceived by him. You must maintain your reverence and fear for God. You tremble at his word. You know, the Bible's your roadmap. Imagine if you were in a cave and you couldn't get out of the cave, and yet some guy came up to you with this roadmap and a light, and he said, hey, I know the way out of this cave, and I'm, and I'm going to give you this map. And if you'll follow this map and, and just do what it says, then it'll guide you out of this cave. And you're like, thank you. You would view that map as your greatest treasure. And so but then other people are wandering around the cave, and they come to you and say, hey, what are you doing? You're like, well, I'm, I'm following the map. I'm trying to get out of the cave. Well, it's an old map, and you know that certain parts of that map don't really apply to you, right? You're like, what are you talking about? I said, follow the map. They're like, yeah, but he didn't mean every part of the map. He said, there, there are certain parts that don't really apply to us anymore. That was that was when the cave was first made, but that but that cave's not here. That's not for now. You know, don't be so legalistic. You don't have to follow the whole map. If you had any brains in your head, you would look at that person as an enemy, as a person who was keep, trying to keep you in that cave, and you would even though and you would shun that person and say, get away from me, just like Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. You'd, and say, get away from me. Why? Because if you follow what these people are saying, they're gonna, it's going to keep you from getting out of the cave. So in the same way, these teachers that tell you that certain parts of the Word of God don't apply to you anymore, that, that, uh, that we don't have to confess our sins, that uh, repentance is a one-time event for believers, we don't have to repent our sins, and, that, and there's, whatever the false doctrine is, that certain parts of the Bible don't apply to us, shun them, ignore them. Don't, I'm not saying you have to hate them, but I'm saying don't associate with such people. Why? Because they've lost their fear of God. And then if you listen to them, they're going to keep you, or they're going to get you off of the path of life because it is a narrow road, not a broad road. And the Word of God is the guide on that narrow road. Amen. Um, now, I was talking about the second, the second day. You know, we're ending to a very crucial time where we're running out of time. My pastor said, you know, God's going to give us one more hour of daylight because we don't have a day left. Now, this is what the Bible says. It says, a day with the Lord for a thousand years and a thousand years with the Lord is a day. That's Second Peter 3.8. Uh, you know, and I talked about Israel and how God came down the mountain after two days. And the morning of the third day, he came down on the mountain. So in the same way, we're now entering into the third thousand years or the third day, according to Scripture, prophetically, since Jesus died and rose again. And the same way that God came down to the glory to Israel, he's about to come down and reveal the church. And he's actually progressively building it as we speak right now. We're in the beginnings of the Great Awakening as we speak right now. And so if we do not take this little bit of time we have left, and prepare our hearts and begin to seek after him with all of our hearts, desperately like our lives depend on it because they do, 
then we won't be ready for what's coming. I like to say this, you know, it's not wrong to play Xbox, but it is wrong to win the, when the house is burning. The house is burning down. We're running out of time. Put the cares of this world aside. Nothing matters right now but eternity because time is so short. So the question is, will we be ready? Well, some, we, some will be, some won't be. Those that take this preparation season will be. Seriously, all of Israel saw the glory, but only Moses walked in because only Moses went into the glory of God. And I remember when I was uh, pursuing a relationship with a girl one time, and uh, God spoke to me about how Aaron, if you know the story, Aaron went halfway up the mountain with Moses and went back to the camp of the people. And what God showed me was that Aaron went up, found more comfort in the presence of people than the presence of God. We have to push those things aside and make, if I don't know God, if I can't hear his voice, then I need to come to that place. You know. Um, so, again, the Bible says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And failure to, do, failure to seek after him in this time that we live in, in the hours and months before Jesus returns, can disqualify us from walking in the glory and being a part of God's end-time army. You know, um, I know of a preacher, he said that once, you know, he, saw, he had this vision, and he saw this end-time army carrying the spoils up the center street to heaven, to Jesus on the throne. But there was all these other people standing on the side clapping and cheering. And he said, God asked him, do you want to be one of the people on the side cheering? Or do you want to be one of the people bringing the spoils to me? And uh, that's and that's the whole thing. It's like, they'll be the least and the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I don't want to be one of the people that winds up not getting a full reward because I didn't fulfill the full plan of God for my life. I want to be one of the people at the judgment seat of Christ that, that gets the full reward. Um, so how do we prepare ourselves? We're talking about preparing ourselves. Well, we're talking about the scene process. Um, and it, we're talking about this coming glory. What will this glory be like? Well, in Isaiah 30, it says, In the day that I come to bind up the wounds of my people, the sun will shine seven times brighter. So I want you to imagine the book of Acts times seven, and that's what we're going to see on the earth before Jesus comes. This is why the Bible says, The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. Habakkuk 2.14. But if we're going to walk in it, we must lay aside the weights that hinder us and go after Jesus like our lives depend on it. As, stated, as we're stating, this must be fueled by a hunger. And as we develop appetites for God, we begin to be hunger and thirst after him like our physical food. I know what it is this the hunger in my spirit for the word of God like a hunger, like someone, like a, a natural man would hunger for a hamburger. It is our choice. We can empty ourselves of other appetites. We can thirst after what truly matters. Got, the Bible says if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we'll be filled, Matthew 5, 6. So how hungry do we have to get? Well, there's three men of God that I know of that have, that have gotten the kind of hunger we're talking about, for example. All of them have the same characteristics. They wanted God more than their own lives. My own pastor said, God, if you don't touch me, then I'm going to come up there and touch you. Another would be a pastor I know named Claudio Friesen. He's associated with the Great Revival of Argentina. He said, God, if you, he had a great move of God going. He said, God, if you don't move, just take me home. I don't want to live anymore. And another preacher I know of said, God, if I can't have intimacy with you on this earth, just take me home. I don't want to live anymore. So we see we cannot just get a little hungry for God. We have to get desperate. This comes again as we fast from the things that distract us, get apart, deny our appetites, and press into his presence until he comes. As Deborah said, it may not happen overnight, but it will happen if we press in and not give up. The Bible gives us practical ways we can press into his presence, and I want to go over those before we start taking calls. The first things you can do is praise and worship. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And I want to emphasize getting some praise and worship music and, and just really seeking after him. The second way is reading and meditating on his word. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. We know his will by his word. As stated earlier, if we feed on this, this food instead of the world, we'll develop an appetite for it instead of the world. And the third way is prayer. Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. I want to end by emphasizing it's very important in these times of prayer and meditation to have your mind completely focused on God and his word or you'll receive very little benefit. 
Imagine a husband and wife coming apart from times of intimacy, and one begins to think about car problems, work issues, the kids, what he's having for dinner, or anything else instead of their lover. Then eventually, it would probably ruin the moment. God continually compares our relationship to him like a marriage, and when we come apart with him, he wants our whole focus. It's your job, not God's, to focus your mind. This is why the Bible says, cast on every vain thought and imagination. And this is how we press through, like the woman with the issue of blood. You may not have a crowd of people to press through, or maybe you do. We have the thoughts, distractions, and diversions that try to keep us from him. We must move them out of the way. This is why the Bible says, delight yourself on the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. As we earnestly seek his presence, his desires become our desires. We will truly pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And instead of praying and believing for our own selfish desires, we will birth his will into the earth through prayer. And as we come to this place, he will grant us even the secret desires of our hearts that we may think he has forgotten. Uh, Deborah, do you have anything to say, and do we have any callers? Yes, you know, I was thinking about how um, you are talking about um, uh, the people not, you know, being very careful about the people who, who, in their own ways, make it a holy Bible, but not because it's holy, but because they take holes, because they take scripture out of it and put holes in it. That's why it's a holy Bible to them. It's holy in their standards. They're like, this isn't for today, that's not for today, this isn't for today. Or they get deceived and, and make it into something for their own selfish gain or because they don't have to do something because they're in sin. And, or they get deceived by a, a doctrines of devils. And another thing was when you, you know, you were talking about that and to be very careful about people who, people who say, people actually say, you know, that not every, everything is, is for, you know, for today. And I understand that you were talking about Christians, but it's also, it could be for, just you know, in Psalm one, it reads about um, how when he talks about blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in, the, in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And the ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft, the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that was in Psalm, that was Psalm 1. And that made me think, I know that, you know, different reasons for that, that verse is, is for us protecting ourselves of not standing in, in their way because, you know, it's a progression. First you stand and then you sit. Well, actually you stand and you walk. Wait, you walk. I'm sorry, my glasses were all messed up. First you, you're walking in the council of the ungodly, then you're standing you know, you're hanging out with them, then you're sitting with them. You're totally like there. So I think that's important whether or not you're actually, you know, um, like uh, actually, um, you know, whatever our walk is, it's just important not to do that. It doesn't mean we can't hang out. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't. Yeah, basically, you become what you hang around with. And, you know, and, and it's funny because the, the negative always seems to override the positive uh, influence in people. Like you can be around people 
and have a very negative critical spirit, it jumps off on you eventually. And and yes, you're you're safe, but you know it's not that you're you're um it's not that I, I mean you just once you're away from them, you just have to get back in the word and just really kind of get that spirit off of you. You know, start praising, worshiping, praying in the spirit or whatever. But it is very important, I think, with that. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, we do have a caller, but um, we're gonna um after after if we get some um uh if you get some uh you know if you get some um if you have a thought in that we are gonna take a uh, or we're gonna take a a little bit of a break um uh, not a break I should say commercial break um but we're gonna uh, take a commercial break but I do want to give you. The phone number again, the phone number to call is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. And we will be back to you after after this commercial break. This is David Ingalls. Has anyone told you today that God loves you, that he has a plan for your life? I have a very important question I want to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? The Holy Bible reads, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also reads, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever, and you are too. I want to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, bless those listening to my voice. Bless their family with long, healthy lives. Make yourself real to them. If they aren't born again, I pray that they receive Jesus as Lord right now. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Listening ones, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you, say this prayer after me from your heart. Say it from your lips out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead. I believe that you're coming back again for me. Oh God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. Give me a holy boldness to tell others about Jesus Christ. According to the word of God in my prayer, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. My brother, my sister, I welcome you to the family of God. Be sure to tell someone about your prayer and get into a Bible teaching church family right away. Always remember, run to God and not from God because He loves you and has a great plan for your life.
And amen to that. He sure does love you and have a great plan for your life. You know, we did have a caller on the line, but they did drop. So if anybody else wants to call, um, we're taking callers right now at 646-668-2093. Amen. And uh, while we're waiting on callers, um, we've talked a lot about drawing near to God. Now, the last thing that we always, we always want to give a call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What's going to empower us to actually walk with God? It starts in, with an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'll send another. You know, many in churches object the Holy Spirit, or they, they do so at least in experience, because they think, well, I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't need this. But Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's not here. It's through the Holy Spirit that we have a relationship with Jesus. So for those that want everything that God has from Mark chapter 16, says, go on all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And then he goes on to say, that these signs will follow those that leave. The devil cast out devils, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they will speak with new tongues. Um, speaking in tongues is for every believer. It's, we're not talking about the gift of it. We're not talking about getting up in the middle of the church and giving a message where there's an interpretation. We're talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, an intimate prayer language of God. Jude 20 gives us an important scripture that says, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say the apostles should build themselves up by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says you build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. It's for every believer. The Bible says that this gift is for all who are near, all who are called, and all who are far off. So if you're near or you're far off and you're called, it's for you. So those that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, maybe you prayed it one time, but you don't, you don't feel like you have it anymore, I assure you it's still on the inside of you. You just have to release it. Or those that have never received it, say this with me. Say, Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with your Holy Ghost. Fill me with power to live a holy life. Now, when I, the Bible says if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will he not give the Holy Ghost to you if you ask him? Now, that you've asked him, the book of James says faith without action is dead, and the book of Jude tells us that action says you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So when I count to three, do not pray in English, do not pray in Spanish, do not pray in any language that you know. By faith, begin to speak out some new syllables. As you just simply do that, he will cause the language of his choice to begin to come through your mouth. You may feel a peace, you may feel a fire. I assure you that is the presence of God. When I count to three, just begin to speak it out. One, two, three. Now, now you may only have one or syllables or maybe even a couple words, and if so, that's fine. Keep using it. It will continue to grow as you continue to practice it. In the same way that you just started, you can now do that any time. I encourage you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost more than you pray in English because it will strengthen your walk and your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This will become more alive to you. And the front end that you get, this is another aspect of drawing near to God is building your spirit man. Through we, she said he's looking for people that worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't just need strong minds. We need strong spirits. Amen. And so uh, we just want to pray for everybody here right now. Also for the fear of the Lord. You know, I, I mentioned that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you've lost your fear of the Lord, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it says if we lack wisdom, we can ask God and pray without doubting. If you realize, man, I, I just don't fear God like I need to, I want to pray an important prayer with you that God will help you come back to that place of fearing him and reverencing his word. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want the fear of the Lord. Fill me, baptize me in the fear of the Lord. I receive that wisdom now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. The book of Isaiah lists the different characteristics of the Spirit of God that were on Jesus, and one of them was the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And I just, just received that by faith, 
as you begin to draw near with that heart that says, God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And you do diligently and say, God, I'm going to seek you till I find you. I'm going to push all these other things aside. Then God's going to begin to draw near to you. Amen. Deborah, do you have anything to say? No, I, I do. I think that's very important to have um, the fear of the Lord. And it's like you said at the beginning of you know, what you quoted. And I, I think that when we pray in the, in the Spirit, it builds us up. And uh, it's important to have that because it also is a prayer language that we're praying. It's direct communication with the Holy Spirit. And so since it's direct communication, nobody, including ourselves, can, can understand it. Like, for example, the devil can't understand it. We can't understand it. But it's a direct hotline to heaven. God can understand it. He can hear it. And um, he knows, and it's his perfect will. And there is a difference between the gift of of uh, the, the tongues and interpretation, and uh, which equals prophecy, and the gift of our prayer language. So um, that is very important to be baptized in that, and to not let our head get in the way with that as well. But to let just to let our spirit man be built up, and to, to because when we're praying that perfect will. That's when everything happens. And sometimes we don't want to know. We wouldn't want to know what we're praying because we might be praying something that we don't even agree with. You know, it might be something like, uh, I know this person wants to go do this, that, and the other, but it's really not best for them. So just pray, praying the perfect will, which is which is totally the best thing. <laughs> Adam? Yeah, I mean, what you said is very important. The Bible says when we pray in tongues, we pray in mysteries. So many of you that are like praying out that fear may kick in of, well, how do I know I'm really, you know, this is really the Holy Ghost. Well, again, the Bible says that if earthly fathers know how to give gifts to their children, how much more will he not give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? And there was no one in the Bible that ever that didn't receive it instantly. There was never a person that they came to pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they said, well, this isn't your time. You know, maybe we'll come back next month and that might be the time. It was always instant. And uh, so, And so you have to understand your mind will not understand it. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. The Bible says that we're not to lean to our own understanding. So you must, to walk in this, really with God at all, you must lose the addiction to always have to understand everything. You will not understand this language, but God does. And you have to trust his word and trust that as you're, and when you let go of that need to understand and trust that you're praying the perfect will of God like the Bible says, then your intimate relationship with God is going to grow because now you're trusting yourself to the Holy Spirit, not your own natural thinking. A lot of people have a relationship with their theology and their intellect, but they don't have a relationship with him, right? We're, we've covered a lot of different topics. We've covered, covered the fear of the Lord. A lot of these topics we've covered could be one whole message in and of itself, but we thought it, I thought it important to co- try to cover as many different aspects to walking with God. I would encourage people to begin to, that if you've benefited from this message, because uh, we've been with a lot of scripture, begin to listen to the message over and over again because you'll find yourself getting new insights and things that are going to help you walk with God as you continue to listen. Amen. Uh, and so, Deborah. Well, yes, you know, I was I was thinking about that. It is very important not to not to. I mean, of course, our heads are important, but it's it, you know, for thinking about certain things, you're like, ouch, this is hot, and you know, I shouldn't touch that. You know, thinking is important for for the natural and certain aspects, but. We need to get our heads out of the way, and our pastors say a lot at the church, our heads are for thinking and our hearts are for drinking, so we got to get our head out of the way, and a lot of times if we're over-analytical or we're trying to think this, that, and the other, and what does this mean, what does that mean, what does the other mean, 
first of all, the enemy doesn't want you talking in, in, in the prayer language, doesn't want you to speak in tongues, and uh, but God does, and it's important um, to 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 have that. And so it's it's an it's an important thing not to let our heads get in the way. And I, I think also just doing that. It's actually crucial because, you know, and you say, what does this have to do with uh, being hungry and thirsty for God? Absolutely everything. Because if we're hungry and thirsty, again, we're going to want everything that he has for us. So if we're diligently, we're saying, you know, if we know that according to Jesus, if he gave a command, I want to emphasize that it was a command to speak in tongues. It was not a suggestion. It's like that, that, that goes tilt in people's minds because of the modern theology we've been taught these days as of speaking in tongues as well. If you do, great, but if not, a requirement. It was a command. In the same way the Bible said to go preach the gospel, in the same way he commands us to go to speak in tongues, to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick. I'm amazed that people pray for healing, but they won't receive the gift of speaking in tongues. That's, that's, I don't, I don't get that. I've even had people tell me, well, I really don't want that right now. And, uh, I'll still pray for their healing, but honestly, a question sometimes, you know, if they're gonna get it, I mean, I guess God's merciful, he'll do it, but, that really just grieves me. These people will probably, if they don't repent, will never have an intimate walk with the Holy Spirit because, they, again, they want to pick and choose. So if there was any points we could really emphasize more than any others, it's that if we're going to seek God, we must seek and willing to have anything that he wants for us. And we must be willing to go anywhere he goes, where he wants us to go, do anything he tells us to do, receive anything he wants to say, and make the entire word of God our plumb line. Uh, not just the parts. We must, because scripture interprets scripture. You know, uh, I like a saying that a preacher said, you know, faith comes by hearing the word of God and doubt comes by hear, hearing a bunch of religious junk from Dr. So-and-so. You know, there's a lot of uh, religious preachers out there that preach a lot of religion, but they're, but, and, and unfortunately that becomes people's religion, not the word of God. I want to encourage you, if, if, you, if the, if the preachers you're listening to aren't really preaching a lot of the word, they preach like two scriptures and some stories about their dog or something, you know, a lot of, you know, like really soft, nice messages. Get rid of those preachers. It, it, it's the spiritual junk food Deborah was telling you about. You want to listen to preachers, nothing but the Word of God. You know, people, the preachers I recommend are Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, John Bevere, Joyce Meyer, Leonard Ravenhill. You know, those those are preachers. Those are examples of preachers that preach the full Word of God. Some other ones, Kenneth Hagan. Kenneth Hagan. Mm. Amen. There's there's lots of good, but you know, some of these of these light these fake preachers that distort the Word of God and just make people feel good. Their day on judgment is going to be very very bad. And um, I think we have a caller. Yes, we do. I'm going to go and take this call right now. Can you bear with me a moment? Hello, caller. You're on the air. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. What is your name? My name is Brenda. How are you? Hi. Welcome to here. Where are you from? I oh, well, hi. It's Brenda. I'm, it's, uh, you're, I know where you're from. I know who you are. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. You have a pastor on there also that's listening. I don't know if he can call in. His name is Haroon and he's Um, He can can, um, communicate via chat on here if he looks up with the chat or if if he has something that he has to say. He He was asking for prayer. He was, he was asking for prayer. And um, I'm going to ask him if he can hear. All right. What does he need prayer for? He doesn't feel good in his body. They've had kidnappings and all kind of different things that's been happening. They have a home church. 
in Pakistan. He has three small children, and he's very faithful. And um, I don't know what happened. I lost him. But um, anyway, he was saying he asked for prayer because he's been sick. <clears throat> okay, so he needs you, a prayer for, for healing? Yeah, for healing. But I, I, I lost him. I don't know what happened. I had him on here. What I was trying say? to get him to connect. His name is Haroon, H-A-R-O-O-N, and he listens to Pastor Rodney. And um, they, they only can meet in people's homes. They don't have, like, a building or anything to meet in. But um, listening to y'all, y'all, you sound wonderful out there. <laughs> can you repeat that one more time? I'm sorry, we had a bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> I said, you guys sound I'm awesome sorry. out there. It's okay. <laughs> praise, the li- praise the living Lord. I'm glad that we sound good. Praise God. And and you said it was a prayer request for um for uh, healing pastor, for this pastor? Pastor Haroon, yes. All right, well. But we don't have to um, check for the right I'm gonna, oh, <laughs> Go ahead. No, sorry. You don't have. Okay. Okay, just blessing. All right. I'm going to let you take uh, the uh, prayer, um, pray for this uh, pastor. And where is he, Pakistan? Yes. Okay. Okay, Well, I really have a heart for Pakistan, and um, I just want to pray for this pastor. Uh, God, right now we pray for this pastor right now. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray right now that your healing power flow through his body. And for this pastor... um, if you can hear me, I want, I want this pastor to say this, just repeat this prayer as a confession of faith of your own. Say, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, you're the Lord, my healer. Thank you for your healing power flowing through my body right now in Jesus' name. Say, I believe I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. And I just pray right now, God, that you complete that healing. We agree in faith. Whatever we agree together, it's done for us, God. And we know that healing is the children's bread. And you're the Lord that heals all of our diseases, God. So I curse any sickness in his body, God. And any of the trials and afflictions going on, any attacks of the devil, God, we come against those things. We tell Satan to get his hands off of his life, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you that the, whatever the, what, the no weapon formed against him will prosper, God. The weapons will come, but they will not prosper if we stand, God. And I thank you right now that this man is healed. We declare him the healed of the Lord right now, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we curse any sickness, and we thank you that he's healed right now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen to that. Thank you. Praise I lost, God, and I lost him, but I'm sure. I told him that y'all were praying for him. Thank you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you what? You lost him, you said? I lost him on the thing, but I am said I'm sure he um, sensed it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That was Oh, yeah, I'm sure he sensed it, too. That's yeah. for sure. Thank you. Okay, and, you know, we just want anyone else that needs a prayer, like even if you're listening to this on a recording, if you need heal, since we're on healing, if you need any healing for your body right now, we've, you know, we've prayed for the fear of the Lord. We've prayed for tongues. We're going to pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. And we have another caller. Right. We have another caller, and um, we're going to go to this other caller as well. Okay. And 
Hello, uh, 240, area code 240. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. Who am I speaking with? This is Gloria. Oh, hi, Gloria. How are you doing? Hi. I'm so Mo glad that you're here. A, well, Deborah, Mo is asleep, so I'm just listening. Gonna listen, okay. I'm so okay. glad that you called, though. I really am. Well, I'm glad that you're there, and we're glad to have you, Gloria. I'm going to put your Thank your you. microphone on mute then, okay? Thank glad you. Glad you're here. Thanks. Bye. If anyone does have anything to say, let us know. Uh, now, we're just going to pray for a mass healing, just for anyone out there that's listening by recording right now. If you are sick in your body, if you need, you know, we prayed for the fear of the Lord. We prayed for the baptism of the Holy. We prayed for so We've covered everything tonight. We need to pray for healing. So right now, if you're if you need healing in your body, again, say this prayer, and this is for everyone. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, you're the Lord, my healer. Thank you for healing my body right now. Thank you that you're the one that heals all my diseases and forgives all my iniquities. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus, God. We curse every sickness going through people's bodies right now. We declare to everyone listening that's speaking this in true faith that we thank you right now that they are the healed of the Lord. Right now, if you have a pain in your body, if there was something, do something you couldn't do before, begin to move around, and you'll notice that that pain is beginning to leave your body. And I just want to say this about healing. When the devil tries to bring it back, you curse him and say, no, you cannot bring that sickness back on me because the devil will try to deceive you and try to bring that sickness back. You have to curse him and say, no, you cannot bring that back on me. You have to stand in the things of God. You have to stand by faith. In the name of Jesus, God, we just believe right now. And if you've been healed tonight, if you've, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've rededicated your life to Jesus, if you've been healed in your body, or you've just been stirred to really seek the Lord like never before, I want to please, please let us know. Please comment uh, uh, on the on the on the cast and let us know that this has blessed you. Amen. And then share it with others. We would comment and feedback. We really want to know that we're impacting people and we want to hear about that. Amen. And also, we're looking to have followers, so if you want to go to um, blogtalkradio.com slash firetalkradio and then the number two, and then just click follower. We'd love to have you follow us as well. The more, the merrier. And um, also, the number again is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. And, uh, you know, Adam, when you were talking about healing, it made me think of uh, the way they do it in uh, Mass Crusades, how they go from head to toe. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to start from head, I'll, uh, you yeah. know, I'll just take it up. We'll go back and forth tag if that's cool. Yeah, we're going to do that. And uh, I, before we go into that, I do want to say that tomorrow night, we just want to say that tomorrow night we're doing another show. Uh, on sowing and reaping with yeah, special, very special guest, Pastor John Hawkins. Right, right. And uh, that we're going to be ministering on that subject. It's going to be a powerful show. So if you enjoyed show, the show tonight, listen in tomorrow. It's going to be very, very powerful as yeah. well. Tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Now, if you, right now, if you have any, uh, if you need healing in your head right now, if you need healing in your eyes right now, in the name of Jesus, place your, your, you place your hand on the part of your body that you need healing. If you need healing in your mouth and in your nose or in your ears, Place your place it on that right now in the name of Jesus, God. Right now, we speak forth healing in the lungs right now, God, in the name of Jesus, and in the heart, God, right now. Any blood difficulties right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Any difficulties in the stomach or the digestive system, God, 
any healing in the bones, God, in the name of Jesus, God, any healing in the reproductive organs, male or female, God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Deborah? Yeah, you, you, sent your, you sent forth your word and you healed all our diseases and delivered us from all our destructions. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement that brought us to peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I speak to liver conditions that be made whole in the name of Jesus. Function as you're supposed to function. In the name of Jesus, I curse hepatitis C. I command it to go, and that liver is made normal in the name of Jesus. We speak to lung conditions. We speak to arthritis. We speak to, to nasal passages be made clear. And we speak to, to the head, to the brain, every brain, the brain normal, the electrodes normal in the brain in the name of Jesus. Brain supposed to be functioning like you're supposed to function. Eyes are made for seeing. Eyes open and be made to see in the name of Jesus. And, and, and the ears, the deaf ears, I command you to open in the name of Jesus. And any hearing loss that was in the ears, we command you to be made whole 100% hearing. We thank you for creative miracles. We thank you for any canker sores and, and, and the, um, to be made whole, Jesus. I speak to every condition from the crown I had to the soles of the feet. I speak to gum disease. And I, and I, I, I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I speak to arthritis. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. We speak to any condition. We speak to the neck. Any, any problems in the neck, it must, it must, any pain in the neck, haha, that sounds funny, but any pain in the neck must go in the name of Jesus from the crown of the head, the soles of the feet, and, I, and, and the hands, any, any, any uh, wrist problems, carpal tunnel syndrome in the fingers, and, and uh, for the woman, any, any, any lumps in the breast or breast cancer, even men breast cancer or problems or cysts or cysts or Things like that, it, it must go. I curse those, those, those lumps, I, I, and, and cancer, I, I curse it like Jesus can curse the fig tree. I command it to shrivel up and die and never ever come back. I pull it up by its roots and I speak to lung conditions. I tell you, you must go. You must, every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. And every said, Jesus is above every name. And every name I've mentioned and every other name is above the name of Jesus. And as, as a vow, I bind every every physical attack in the name of Jesus. And and we speak to all the the bones, bone cancer. I curse you in the name of Jesus. You must go in the name of Jesus. We speak to to female and male problems, and 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 command you to be to every everything in the body to make, be made whole and line up with the word of God. Blood conditions. Blood poisonings to, to to be reversed and and line up with the word of God and we, and we speak a, trans, a blood transfusion of Jesus into that into your blood and I and I thank you Father that that the hips are are, are whole and the knee joints and the joints and the replacements and the legs the ligaments the tendons the toes and the crown of the head to the soles of the feet in Jesus name. 
Now, I pray for depression, God, in the name of Jesus, God. We pray for, no, we pray for depression, God. We break depression off of people in the name of Jesus, God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Right now, if you're depressed, right, place your hand on your belly right now. If also is a famine and destruction, you'll begin to laugh in the name of Jesus, God. Begin to laugh. Say, I know it's amazing silly, but he uses the foolish thing to say, ha, 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 by faith, ho, ho, ho. He, he. Begin to laugh by faith, ha, 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 in the name of Jesus. You begin to feel the joy of the Lord rising up out of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, replacing that depression with joy. In the name of Jesus, God. And I think you're right. We curse any depression. We break that thing. In the name of spirits of suicide, God. You will not take your own life, God. In the name of Jesus, God. You will live and not die and declare the glory of God. Suicide is from hell. We curse that, God. You will not. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You were made in the image of God. You were made to fulfill a purpose. You will not end your own life. You are valued and loved. You will not end your life. You have a purpose. Come to Jesus. And you will not end your own life. Rather, you will save many. In the name of Jesus. We curse suicide and depression in the name of Jesus, God. Amen. I think in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And, and, and it's agreement. In the name of Jesus. And we bind, yeah, we bind that, that, those spirits. And they're, they're gone. They, they're used to whatever is bound on, whatever is bound on, on whatever is bound on, on earth. I'm sorry, I, I got distracted. Whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever is loose on earth is loose in heaven. And we thank you for that, Father God. I thank you. We break the power of the enemy right now. We break the power of death in the name of Jesus. You have no power against these people. We cancel your assignment right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. And we, we speak right now to the spirit of homosexuality. You are loved. Jesus loves you. But what's, he does not love the sin, but he loves you, no matter what people have said. So lesbianism and homosexuality and, and people that, that were maybe born a certain way of, of mixed up, then we thank you and we speak to that spirit right now and we command it to go. You loose your hold off of their life in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for setting them free because whom the Son has is free is free indeed. And we thank you for that, Father God. You know, um, regarding that subject, I just want to say that um, there's a lot of mix-ups. I mean, it's kind of crazy that we're going there, but I mean, uh, about homosexuality. First, let me say that if you're, if you listen to this and that's something that you wrestle with, I want to apologize on behalf of the church that has made homosexuality out to be this massive, massive sin, but other sins like maybe normal immorality between men and women, like it's a little, like it's a smaller thing. You know, your sin is, is sin, just like anybody else's sin, like anybody coming to Jesus. We all have stuff we have to come out of and that you're loved and that God doesn't view you as some horrible person, but you are loved and God has deliverance for you, and God has a plan for you. Um, regarding homosexuality, it is a spirit. Uh, you may have been struggling with it since maybe you were so young that you may think that that's that it's natural. I just want to say it is a spirit. And it may have, uh, the Bible says the sin is handed down to the fourth generation. So sin can come into your life without you even realizing it because of uh, perversions of former family members, immoralities of other family members, and it just manifests itself to you in a different way. It is a spirit that clings to people at a very young age, hence the confusion as to people think that it's, it's theirs, that it's natural. But I just want to declare today that it's not. The Bible says that those that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
So if you want to, if you would like to be free from that, and if you want to, you know, pray and ask Jesus to deliver you from that sin, I want to pray a special prayer for that. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please deliver me. I promise to come after you, to seek you with all my heart, I'm, and I, I dedicate my life to you. And as I seek you, please deliver me from this sin in the name of Jesus. And we curse that spirit in the name of Jesus. You know, I, I know of a story where um, there was a pastor, you know, and he had a son that wrestled with this. And, you know, the son came to his dad finally and came to Jesus. And the son said, you know, I don't care if I, if, you know, if this, even if this was something that I wrestled with the rest of my life, I know what's true and I want to be in heaven and I'm not going to give myself over to this. Don't buy the lie that says that you can be gay and serve Jesus. Just like you can't live in normal, you can't live uh, outside of marriage having sexual relations outside of wedlock and have a relationship with Jesus. You can't, any, you cannot, you cannot justify sin, but you can come to Jesus with an honest heart. The more you're honest with God, the more he can deliver you. If you come to God with an, God with an honest and contrite heart with your struggles, then he can help you. And, uh, you know, find a solid, spirit-filled Bible-believing church. We recommend going to Revival.com listening to the services there. We really want to address that. That and the other section, pornography. If you're wrestling with pornography tonight uh, or any time that you're listening to this, be it as recording or live, if you're wrestling with pornography, God has deliverance for you. Pornography opens the door for all kinds of other sexual sin. There's many people that wrestle with homosexuality because they first open up the door for pornography, not to mention other perversions. Um, if you're wrestling with pornography, I, don't, I want to pray a prayer of release for you as well. Say, God, I repent of the sin. I renounce the sin of pornography. I, I push it aside. I will do whatever I have to do to get free, but I renounce this in the name of Jesus. I repent of this. Please forgive me in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you, if you're wrestling with pornography, I want to encourage you to do whatever you got to do. If it's on the Internet, if you have to get rid of your computer, get rid of your computer. If you have to, you know, whatever you've got to do, nothing is worth going, worth going to hell for. The Bible says if you cut off, you know, if your right hand offends you to cut it off, you know, uh, and be accountable. Go Find a solid pastor or a solid spiritual leader uh, that, that, that can help you, that can hold you accountable, you know, and that say, okay, if I ever begin to stumble, if I ever begin to fall, I'm going to call somebody. And, you know, and as you begin to take those steps and take that process and do other things, push those things aside, get hungry for the Word of God, get desperate for the Spirit of God, and replace that addiction with addiction to Jesus. Amen? Right. Yes, exactly. And it, it's, um, uh, I just want to give out the number again. is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. And I might be having technical difficulties. I'm getting like this informational thing coming up on my computer but if I do Adam's going to call in to the show and be a guest and we're going to finish it by the phone so because it'll still be going so just in case you're quiet just to let you know a warning ahead of time but um, yeah you know it's funny Adam you brought that up not really funny because it's the Holy Spirit but I I was thinking the same thing about the same spirit about the um, pornography and breaking that, and you know, um, a lot of people think it's just men, but it's women struggle with that as well. And uh, also, sadly, um, sadly, children as well, um, younger, younger children as well, even because nowadays, unfortunately, people are exposed to more things because they can go online 
and they don't have to quote worry about being an adult uh to to find these things so you know they can they can find it at a young age online and so we're glad that uh we're glad that we come against that tonight and that, that the power is broken and that there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walked not after the flesh but after the spirit. And um so and you know, Jesus when when he, he understands temptations because Jesus was tempted in every way but without sin. So he does understand these things. He's not he's not ignorant of them and he is he's very, very, very aware. So um, we do understand that um, uh, sin is pleasurable for a season, but the wages of sin is death. And but you know the gift of God is eternal life. So the wages of sin is death. Even even though that sin is pleasurable for a season, whether it be the sin of pornography, or alcohol and drug abuse, and or cigarettes, whatever it is, because um, that's another show in itself. But you know, if you destroy the the temple, then God will destroy that temple. And so, I just come against the, the spirit of addiction right now in the name of Jesus. I break your power in the name of Jesus. I break the power of addiction, pornography, and and alcohol, and 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 and, and work, and and whatever that addiction is. I break the power, and I I speak to you. And I bind you, I, I, and the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Fire, the fire of God right now on you, right now. Fire, fire, fire of God right now in the name of Jesus. I, the fire of God, the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. And I speak, I speak the anointing. The anointing is voice activated. The fire of God is right now. The presence of God is right now. I feel the anointing here, and if I feel it here, I know you feel it there. The anointing destroys that yoke now in the name of Jesus. That assignment against your life, against your ministry, against your family is broken in the name of Jesus. And by the blood of Jesus, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. You know, um, I feel prompted to give uh, my own testimony in some of these areas, you know. Um, I, I wish I could say that I've been the perfect Christian in my walk with God. And so I want to emphasize that for those of those listening that, you know, um, everything from this broadcast, everything God's doing in my life has been despite of the fact that things that I've struggled with in the past. I've, I know what it is to be bound by pornography. I know what it is to be bound by sexual sin, even as a Christian. And the, the good news is that you can be free and that there is no condemnation. But you do have to be accountable. You do, you can't justify it and you can't just say, well, you know, God, you know, God understands. He, he, he understands. But the Bible says we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. You know, um, fairly early on in my Christian walk, um, well, actually, I was actually addicted to pornography before I was a Christian. And early on in my Christian walk, you know, I let myself get sucked into it on the Internet one time. And my testimony with that is uh, just periodically on and off for years I uh, wrestled with this. And I remember one time, uh, and it wasn't all the time, but it would um, it would happen where, like I would be free and then for like three months and then I would go back into it. And, you know, one, I remember one time uh, a word from our own pastor on the stage, you know, he gave a word that uh, from the Lord that says, you know, there's people that you're in sin, not all the time, 
but when you do stumble back into it, 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 like it nullifies the previous progress. And that's kind of like what a lot of people are going through. It's like you, you, you're free for a while and then you fall back in and it just sucks you, it just sucks you right back. And it's not that you're condemned, but it's just, it's like God's got a call in your life. I remember one of the scariest, uh, the worst from what I ever got was when God told me, uh, basically that, you know, that I had, I had delayed the plan of God for my life. How did I delay it? It was through these things. These things, the works of the flesh were holding me back. If the devil can't stop calling a God in your life, he'll try, he'll try to shave off months and then years to the point where you're like old and you realize you've missed the call of God in your life. You know, he can redeem the time, but eventually time runs out. And uh, so I want to encourage people like there, there's still time for you, but you need to begin to make some, make some steps out of this. And, uh, you know, and you can be free, but you need accountability. You can't justify the sin. Regarding homosexuality, you know, I never that was something I never actually walked in, but that spirit tried, did come try to come on my life at one point to where and that's how I know what's a spirit to where it was almost confusing and then I actually heard a devil actually tell me one day that I was that I was actually gay and I knew it wasn't from God and how did I get free? I said, God, I don't know what's going on, but I be, and I, be, I diligently sought His presence and I and as I sought His presence and I came into the presence of the Lord, then God set me free. I just want to say this, you know. We don't get freedom by seeking freedom. We get freedom by seeking Jesus. Jesus doesn't have the answer. He is the answer. If you're honest with God about your struggles and, and do what we're talking about, and begin to diligently seek after his presence. In his presence, there's freedom. In his presence, there is peace. In his pleasure, presence, there's right hand forevermore. But if you're just gonna, but a lot of people want to be free just to be free, and then they turn that place of freedom into a place of idolatry. You can't have the freedom without being with the one that wants to free you. Freedom, your freedom is found in a relationship with Jesus. If you seek him, you will find him when you search with all your heart. And if you find him, you'll find everything else. You know, Israel wanted the promised land, but they didn't go up on the mountain when, when, when they had a chance to, and they wound up dying in the wilderness. Many Christians are walking around in their wilderness. They're walking around in their place of bondage, their place of depression, their place of pornography, their place of sin. But they've never, and they're, they're, they go from conference to conference, from book to book, from minister to minister, and really they need Jesus. I want to encourage everyone here, wherever you're at, if you're in a place where you need, realizing you need a desperate revival in your walk with God, I want to encourage you to begin to desperately seek his face. If you seek him, you'll find him. When you search him with all your heart, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Amen. Amen. That's powerful, Adam. I, I tell you what, it, it is a... Uh Satan will use any 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 form that he can to to drive people or to you know pull them away from the calling of God, and uh, you know he will he will he will do that. And I I I know that it, it is very it is very important to be accountable to a pastor or somebody that you know is going to hold you accountable because you can't just say, oh, well, I'm delivered. And then, you know, it's like Adam said, not seek to be with the, the deliverer. So, you know, it, it is, it, and, and, you know, it, 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 it's, it's also, it's, I don't know, it's just powerful. I was just thinking about what you were saying and, and now a lot of people will go with that condemnation and the power in the sin is in its secrecy. In order for the, it to lose its power, you have to reveal it to a trustworthy man or woman of God 
will not go around blabbing it to the world, will not judge you, and you have to allow yourself to become vulnerable and to tell them. And 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 they're not gonna, they're not gonna, um, they're not gonna, you know. I mean, it's not gonna be the first time that they've heard it. Let's put it that way. And the only the only reason you may think that they're judging you or saying the things is because you're hearing it from the enemy. And the enemy wants to. I think the biggest way he try, he gets people in condemnation, not just for getting eating a cookie out of the cookie jar, but is in sexual sin, because he knows that there is pleasure in that, and he knows that it's, it's you know he just any way he can try to get his his hooks in there, he will do it. And to let you know that we do have about 14 minutes left on this particular show. The number to call in is 646-668-2093. That is 646-668-2093. We have about 14 minutes left. It's not too late to call in with a prayer request, with a praise report, with a comment, or you can Facebook me or Adam or leave a comment on our pace, on our post on Facebook. And and just to know that I, I, I reiterate, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're, you're, when we confess our sins, they're as far as the east is from the west and on the bottom of the sea of forgetfulness. And, and Jesus, he loves you. He may not love the sin that we do sometimes, but he loves us. You are, despite what the devil says, you are valuable, you are precious, you are loved, you are needed. There are a bunch of people that the that God assigned to your life and only yours alone that will die and go to hell if you don't get your act together, if you don't get free, if you don't get up off that couch and go out and do something with your life and spread the love of God and the witness of God to people and give them a chance to receive Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And I don't say that with condemnation. That just came out of me. I don't say it with condemnation. I wasn't even saying it. I don't feel like. But it's just time for us to seek the Lord. Every, Every weight of sin aside that holds us down and be like when a hot air balloon goes up and 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 the higher you get you got to start dropping uh stuff off out of the hot air balloon so you can go higher well god wants us to go higher he wants us to go up to that next level he wants us to seek him with all of us with everything and like we said it may not happen overnight we didn't get in the state overnight but just knowing that that you're trying is 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 it too? Yeah, we want to we want to emphasize that it's like you know there's in the book of Acts in the book of Acts you know when Jesus told them to wait he didn't tell them to wait five days and then it'll come he told them just to wait till it happens so how long do I you wait till it happens um, you know in my own personal testimony with seeking the Lord we've been we've uh, been going we keep going back to that because really that's what it comes back to that's where your answer is. You know, I remember as a Christian, 
you know, um, I was so bound as a Christian that I, I literally was depressed. I could, you know, my hands would shake. I was so depressed and so bound and so confused. And I went from church to church to place. I was truly wandering in a wilderness. And uh, But I got a hold of the scripture that says, if I seek him, I'll find him. If I search my heart, I says, you know, God, I'm not going to be denied. And so for months, you know, I would just get alone and I would just worship God and I would just seek God. And, you know, many times I felt like nothing was happening. But something was happening. The flesh was dying. The heart was being softened. The mind was being tuned out. I was being tuned into the things of the Spirit. And then finally, you know, one night in my room, I went in my room, and I began to worship the Lord. And out of my spirit came this Christ. God, if you don't touch me, I'm never going to make it, and I'm never going to be satisfied. And God came in the room, just like Acts chapter 2. It literally blew into the room, blew into me. The Holy Spirit did. And my life was never the same. And, uh, and, that's, and that's really what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get desperate for him. This is a, this, the, the kingdom of God is not America. It's not going to come like 30 seconds in a microwave. If you seek him, you'll find him. If you search him all heart, that's really good news. That means it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And you got to, and you got to decide, well, is, do I want to stay in this bondage or is it really worth going through this process, uh, this time and this time of getting myself, setting myself apart from these things? And if you, you know, I know one man, one of my pastors said that, you know, that, God, the reason God's touching people, or God, the reason God's using certain people in this world is because they've touched his heart, so therefore he's touched theirs. You can touch the heart of God through worship and through the word of God if you'll get alone and seek him for yourself. Remember, ministers can only do so much. You can only have hands laid on you so much. You can only, even minister, even broadcast, like you, can only, you must seek out your own relationship with God and become a well of living water that others can drink from, and then you can lead them to Jesus. You can lead them to an intimate relationship with Jesus. But first, you got to find your own relationship with Him. Amen. Amen. That's that's very true. It's the uh, um, the woman at the well. You know, when Jesus told her that, you know, when He asked her for a drink of water, and 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 the whole story, without going the whole story for lack of time, it says we've got about nine minutes, but um, you know. She pretty much said, he said, you know, if you drink from, if you drink my water, from the living water, you'll never thirst again. And so, uh, you know, also I was thinking about how all these people desperate um, saying that they're not going to, uh, you know, like our pastor said, if if um, if you don't touch me, I'm going to come up there and touch you right now. And, you know, you're saying and other people like they wouldn't go. It made me think of Moses. When he said, if your presence does not go with me, I won't, I'm not going to go. If you're not going to, if you're not going to come with me, you think I'm going to leave these bunch of hooligans into the wilderness? I'm not doing it. I'm not going. I'm not going. If your presence does not go with me, then I'm not going to go. And, and that, you know, that in there and, 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 and seeking the Lord and, and, um, just, you know, it's just it's just a matter of of uh, of, of doing those things, and I, I think it is very 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 important to just whatever it is that we have to set aside. Even even if this may sound crazy, even if it's little by little that we have to do it a little bit at a little bit, and then before we know it, it it's going to be there. You know. Well, I want to hit that to talk about that scripture. That was an important scripture you just said by the Spirit of God, where it says. Moses, if you do not go with us, don't mm-hmm. take us out of this place. You know, um, the Bible says that Moses um, esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than all the riches of Egypt. And uh, that was exemplified in the wilderness. Now, and that's and in this last days, this is what's going to separate 
the Israelites from the Moseses. You know, it's going to be those that seek after him, not that, that are seeking the promised land. Um, cause that whole thing with Moses is that God actually says, actually God actually tests him and says, I'm going to send in a choice angel ahead of you, and I'm going to drive out the inhabitants of the promised land, but I'm not going with you, for you are a stiff-necked people. Moses' response to him was, if you don't go with us, then don't take us out of this desert place. In other words, Moses would rather have God in the middle of a scorching desert with snakes and scorpions, uh, with the same scenery every day, you name it, rather than have a, uh, an amazing promised land with everything you could ever want without God. Whereas Israel... They, if God told Israel that, they would have thrown a party and left. They'd said, "Fine, yeah, we'll take the angel, we'll take the promise land, because that's all they really wanted anyway." And uh, you got to decide which one you're going to be. Am I going to be Moses? Am I going to seek after God, or am I going to be an Israelite? And I'm going to, am I going to seek after prosperity? Am I going to seek after even ministry? Am I going to seek a wife? Am I going to seek a husband? Or am I going to just get diligent and I'm going to seek Him first? The Bible says we all know the verse: um, If you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.